The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Thanks so much for being part of The Real Story for a Monday. I'm Gretchen Carlson. Now let's go next door to Harry. Coming up on Life Today, host of Fox News Channel's The Real Story, Gretchen Carlson shares how her faith helped her navigate through her struggles with self-esteem. It's my job as a reporter and a journalist on a daily basis to ask tons of questions and be curious. And I think it's, it's been a blessing in my life that I don't question my faith and I really rely on it on a daily basis. Welcome to Life Today. I'm James Robinson. Betty and I are thrilled to welcome you. It's not often we have someone on television that is obviously probably just on television, you know, even more than we are. I mean, I can't <laughs> even imagine. You know, for, for so long, she'd be up early in the morning in New York, and I mean, it's like she's got to be getting up at 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning. And then she's on to welcome the world, I think like at 5 or something, dear God, and supposed to be sparkling and happy and all up and on the news. And and she's just done remarkable. And now she's got a show in the afternoon, and one hour, it's her show, Gretchen Carlson. It's on Fox News. And this is an incredible book about getting real. Beautiful picture, beautiful lady. Would you welcome Gretchen Carlson to life today? Thank you so much. I, uh, you know, you're very, very pretty, and yet you even talk about in the book that you didn't always have a good self-image. You weren't necessarily comfortable with yourself or you felt like you were even in some ways let's say you know picked on or whatever and, and was that part of getting real dealing with that and part of what you want to share well the book is an inspirational memoir a part of that is the truth about my childhood i had a wonderful childhood growing up in minnesota my grandfather was a minister and i had a wonderful family and i'm still blessed to have my parents with me but i was a chubby kid <laughs> you know i mean i'm being kind to myself i was fat <laughs> and my mother, you know, really tried to get me to go on a diet and lose some weight. But I think now, looking back, it's probably a fortunate thing that I built my self-esteem from the inside out. Mm. Because I didn't really give a rip that I was chubby. <laughs> that, and, and that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I played a mean violin. So maybe that was part of it. And I yeah. built my self-confidence from my soul. And my faith is my foundation. The fact that I loved school, I played the violin, and I had a ton of friends. Wow. You know, it wasn't until I got to about that 16-year-old range when I started to be interested in boys. <laughs> and then I overheard somebody say who I was interested in, oh, she's such a nice girl, but, you know, she's just really too fat for me to date. Wow. And that was the day that changed my life as far as that goes, and then I did something about it. But my lesson to young women and the point of writing this book is to empower women and men that self-esteem is built from your soul. And I think that is so important, especially in 2015, mm -hmm. with the crisis that we have and the way in which we're trying to raise our children with traditional values. At least that's what I agree with. And faith is a foundation. And I worry about the future of our children with so much emphasis on social media and body image. And, and I just want to make sure that I can empower young women to go for their dreams, to never give up, and most importantly, to do hard work. 
And it, it is so true. You have to you have to know who you are inside, just like from the inside, grow from the inside out and be strong. Because there's even, I've heard models say they don't like themselves and, and you know, we, a lot of women compare themselves physically to a lot of the, the, the skinny models and all of that, but they don't even, and it's because maybe they haven't started from the inside out. Mm -hmm. I, and I think it, it's one of life's greatest lessons you know. is that whole self-esteem building. Listen, I still struggle with my weight today. You know, a lot of times people look at national celebrities, if you want to call it that, on television, and they think, wow, they've had such an easy life. Yeah. You know, they've never had to struggle with anything. And in this book, I share for the first time some very serious struggles that I've had in my life that I needed faith to get through and the foundation that I was lucky enough for my family to have given me, including being fired a week after I was married and being told by my boss at the time, well, you'll be just fine now because you're married. Well, it's not exactly what I intended to hear or to happen a week after becoming a wife. And so that was the d most difficult year of my life, really. Um, it's hard enough to be married, right? <laughs> and then to add that into the mix and to have my identity stripped from me, I was already in my 30s. And my husband would try to be so caring and he would say, well, honey, you know, you're so smart, you can do something else, you know, recreate yourself. And I'd be like, well, thank you so much, but that's not what I really want to hear. You know, I really want to stay in television. So, you know, eventually the only thing that kept me going on a daily basis was my faith. And do you believe that God the Father is available to help anybody? You keep talking about faith, but it's faith in a very living being, a very real person who really does have the Father's counsel and wisdom and advice. Do you think that's what people really are in desperate need of right now? Well, completely. And never have we lived in an era of time where Christians are being persecuted on a daily basis all around the world, but even right here at home. You know, I speak openly about my faith in my job from mm -hmm. time to time. And I get and, persecuted and for that. And you do. Yes, and well, you do. well, thank you, because yeah, you do. I think it's important. Sure. But I get criticized for that. And it's, it's actually surprising to me that it would be a bad thing to be a Christian, mm -hmm. you know? Um, <laughs> so I have just determined since being over 40 that I've been liberated on a lot of different things. <laughs> and one of them is that I really don't give a rip what people think about my religion. And I'm gonna keep talking about it. Sure. So, yes, religion is available, Christianity is available to anyone who wants it. Mm -hmm. Christ reach out to everybody. Yes, and the one blessing that I've had in my life is that my faith is the only thing that I don't question. It's my job as a reporter and a journalist on a daily basis to ask tons of questions and be curious. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's been a blessing in my life that I don't question my faith and I really rely on it on a daily basis. You know, people say because I'm, I mean, you, you've heard me even share enough in our little conversations before we came out here that I speak with a tremendous amount of confidence that some people will interpret as self-confidence. But it really is a great, it's God confidence. Because I know me and I know how amazing he is and I live amazed. I live amazed in the presence of a great God. And I, and I sense that, that you realize what you have is a strength. You kept talking about what's within. There's a strength that's greater than you that you're drawing on. Am I right about that? Correct. Now you got to be Miss America. So if somebody's looking for self-esteem, I mean, that diet must have done a whole lot for you. That you know. But you had this incredible talent, you're a beautiful person, and, and you got Miss America. But I don't sense that you're telling me that that is where you got your self-esteem. 
No, no, not at all. And I even share in the book that during that year actually being Miss America, I still remained insecure. I still wondered, wow, am I being as good of a Miss America as the one that preceded me? Mm. Um, am, am, am I going to be, you know, are they comparing me to the one from 1983? You know, I used to sit in in stores and sign autographs and there would be a line of people and I would hear, like like we didn't have ears, you know, I would hear people <laughs> saying, that's Miss America? <laughs> you know, like that their mother and their aunt and their sister were all better looking, <laughs> uh, which was fine. That was not the reason why I ever even entered the program. 50% sure. of the points were based on talent and I had been an incredibly serious violinist. So mm -hmm. that's why I entered yeah. the program. And I'm five foot three. I know that comes as a news flash to everyone here, <laughs> but I'm not tall, mm -hmm. you know, and, and luckily that wasn't part of the categories that they were judging me on. But I think there was this stereotypical image that I was supposed to be model-esque, you know? I always say that had I entered a strictly beauty pageant, I would have been dead last, and that would have been fine. Yeah. You know, that's not why I entered the Miss America system. Mm. Well, I want to ask you, would you excuse me, yeah. Betty, you can go ahead. In your, your title, Getting Real, you really just, you, you put in there your, your testimony, so to speak, your life story, mm -hmm. and in that, you had some other struggles too, didn't you, uh, the infertility? I did. I struggled with infertility, and you know, my mother had no problem having four beautiful children, and my sister, who was two and a half years older, you know, it was easy for her right away, and suddenly I had this struggle. You know, it, it was having children was something I always wanted to do. As much as I wanted to be successful in mm -hmm. my career, I always knew that I wanted to have children. And for any woman who has gone through that struggle, it's so painful to, to think that you may not be able to. So through the grace of God, we got lucky. We really got lucky. Uh, but then my daughter was born and we found out three months of life that she had a tumor in her eye. Mm -hmm. And so there we were faced with another struggle. So once again, I went back to the bedrock of my life, which, which was my faith and my strong family foundation. I'm, you know, I'm so proud to say that she is perfectly fine now. And you know, we had to do a controversial treatment with her, but She's beautiful and she's 11 years old and nobody would ever know that we were once thinking she might be blind. If somebody reads the book Getting Real, and of course you wouldn't have titled that if you weren't encouraging people to get real and you're being honest and saying let's, let's all get honest, let's get real. But if somebody reads the book and comes to the end of it, do you have a hope for something to perhaps occurred within that person's mind and heart? Mm -hmm. What is it? You know, when my mom used to put me to bed every night and say my prayers with me, she would say to me, Gretchen, you can be anything you want to be. And that's really become my life motto. And if even just one little girl reads this book and decides that she's been inspired to become whatever she wants to be, then I've succeeded in putting my message out. I've been helped by so many strong women in my life, and I want to empower other young women to be able to reach for the brass ring and make the most of their talents their God-given talents, and the most of their lives. So I hope through sharing my story that I will inspire them to, to simply go for their dreams and never give up. And it sounds like you're encouraging them to go, though, with their hand in someone else's, and that is their <laughs> faith and relationship with God. 100%. When, when you look at our nation, and, you know, we have 11 grandchildren about to have a great-grandchild. You're so lucky. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. And, and I mean, and I, I look out at the, the I, I'm a fatherless kid, you know, that didn't, my, my mother was raped and conceived me. And 
a doctor wouldn't abort me, and I was born to a 41-year-old woman. So it's kind of a miracle that I'm even here. But I came out of a very difficult childhood, but in freedom, where nobody taught me to resent others, I didn't see the sky as the limit. I saw possibilities that God offers as the limit, and I went for it. And I'm actually thinking right now that we're in the process of losing some of this freedom and becoming all victims and dependent upon some other source and and trying to force a sameness that God doesn't even create in snowflakes mm -hmm. or fingerprints. <laughs> Something's going on that I see that's not healthy. I mean, you're in, in the news, you're looking at a lot of things. Is there anything that you're deeply concerned about when you look at America and the direction we're drifting? Well, I'm concerned about a lot of things. So what can I do about it? That's the way I look at it. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that my husband and I believe we can do is raise well-rounded children with traditional values. Mm -hmm. And the last chapter in my book is entitled, To Whom Much Is Given. And of course, we all know the Bible verse from Luke, to whom much is given, much is expected. And one of the things that I think we can change in society is teaching our children that lesson. I was fortunate enough to be taught that, and I'm a huge believer in giving back. I teach Sunday school <laughs> every Sunday with my husband. I always know I'm going to see him for at least one hour a week. <laughs> and I want my children to also receive that gift. And I think it's so crucial in this era of time that children are raised to understand how important it is to give back to our society. That to me is the first step in keeping people humble. That in turn, I think, makes the world a better place. You know, each individual family is maybe not going to solve each world crisis, but I think that's a step in the right direction. Do you like what you're hearing from this very highly visible <laughs> news anchor, personality, uh, celebrity, uh, respected person? I, uh, I think that one of the things that does concern me is that it's, it's you know, political correctness has made participation in the political process with a with a sense of intelligence and wisdom and knowledge about the situation that you're really, you're in the wrong game. Uh, that's, uh, it, you know, it's like bad people are in it. And of course, if, that, if good people stay out, that's the only people that will be in it. But it's like a lot of people who claim to know God and love their family, it's like they've opted out of the process as though they can't make a difference. And what you just said, I wouldn't think you would teach this to your children and then say, let's just stay over here and hide the light of what we know over here in our little corner not and not go out and pierce the darkness. I think we need to become well-informed with understanding of the times like the men of Issachar so that we not perish for lack of knowledge. And I think people need to be involved. Do you agree with that as a mother and as somebody who's watching what's going on that you think we need to get in highly informed and be inspired enough to be involved? Uh, I do. In, in, with a real commitment? I do, and that's why I don't back down mm -hmm. with no, my you convictions, mm -hmm. you know, and publicly state them. Uh, the political correctness is something that seems to have just come out of nowhere in the last five, six, seven years, mm -hmm. where, you know, everyone gets a trophy when they're a kid growing up. You know, even my son got a hockey trophy, and he's like, Mom, we were fifth place out of five. Why, <laughs> why, did, we, why did we get the same size trophy as the yeah. winners? You know, he didn't even want the trophy. And I was like... <laughs> Hey, he's it. six. He's <laughs> on to something. Yeah. You know, so the political correctness is just, it's permeating Sad. our entire society, you know. 
I mean, I could go on and on about news stories where we see it happening all the time as well. But I'm not afraid to take a stand. And, and I've said it before, after turning 40, it's like, wow, that's liberating. And my skin is so thick from, from my detractors, who I worry about are our kids. Sure. You know, I worry about the social media and the way in which our kids are attacked. And I can take it. Yeah. But I worry about our younger generation. Well, and our, our children are really missing out on a lot, and like just you, like you just illustrated, if if they don't know what's good and what's bad, what's right or what's right, somebody wins, somebody loses. Those are really valuable th lessons to learn for them. Completely, because yeah. through failure is how we come to appreciate right. success, which is another major theme in the book. You know, if we all just had success all the time, well, that would get pretty old yeah. pretty Boy. quick, right? Mm -hmm. So it's through failures that we understand how sweet the idea of success and can characters be, even build. in the yeah. smallest forms and character building. Yeah, there's no question that we've all failed. Let's just get honest that we've all failed. But let's take the failures. Let's take the broken up pieces of our life, our puzzle, and let a master put it together. He can create a masterpiece out of the biggest mess one can ever make. And really, this, this beautifully blessed woman who found it from within, and it didn't matter what anybody said, uh, she found strength, and she's continued to influence people, and the book will do that. It is in the bookstores. You can go online and get it. Uh, I'll tell you what, if you'll help us give some people some water and you'd like to have it, we'll send it to you. Would you join us in thanks to Gretchen Carlson? Really good, Gretchen. Thank you so much. I know, I know you're aware that, that uh, I told you that our, our viewers, and this is an amazing thing, uh, they don't turn away when they see a need. They just say, I got an opportunity to meet it. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we would all do that instead of looking to Washington to meet the need, if we just kind of look out and say, well, even Washington's got our money. If they misuse it to meet the needs, why don't we at least get them to use it right? And I think if we get focused, but when we see something and the compassion connection is there, you've always loved it. I, I want you to see what happens when love is shared not just in word, but in deed, and then watch how effectively it can be shared in word, and you can give people water for life and introduce them to the water of life. It's amazing, watch. Life Outreach travels the world to the most remote areas of need, where water is scarce, and clean water even more so. God's Word says faith without works is dead. So love is put to action in a tangible way. And you are part of that. Every meter drilled down, every rise and fall of a hand pump. But as we spend time with those in need, listening to their stories, what often surfaces is pain so deep and hope so absent. No water well can lift their hearts or heads. Fortunately, we come with the one who can lift hearts and heads. But I recognize that you died for my sins. When you give the thirsty a drink, you give it unto Jesus, but we are compelled to introduce them to Him as well. And miraculously, hearts broken from children lost begin mending. Tears of pain 
turn to joy as they taste of eternal water. And again, you are part of that. You send us. You send Jesus in us. And it is with great joy we go. For while the transformation in families and villages, their futures brings great fulfillment. Little compares to the joy and reward of their eternal future secured. At times, we have posed the question, what would you do if this was your family in need? Well, guess what? Many of these are family now and forever. with us. May it never end. Thank you. Isn't that a beautiful sight to see people coming to Christ like that? So, so grateful. You know, just this week, uh, and you didn't know them there, I, I saw Luke, our oldest grandson. He's kneeling there praying and leading people to Christ. And there, his wife is there, Cassie. They just came over this week and told us about what it was like to just share Christ. And they said of our, our granddaughter-in-law, Cassie, the missionaries back to us said, she's winning everyone in Cambodia to Christ that has two legs. We have never seen anything like it. Just going and sharing Christ. The, th the thing I want you to understand is that when you really reveal love, when you share it freely, people then respond and they want to know where that love came from. And when you can point them to Christ and His love, for each one of them, they hear because they've already seen the expression of that love, the river flowing out of our heart. And it is absolutely amazing. You know, Betty, we've saved millions of lives with feeding, millions of lives with water, but in every area where we've been providing life, they have registered more people coming to Christ than their governments have said lives were saved. In other words, it's just so amazing what happens, and, and, and it's you who make it possible. God's love through you. You see a telephone number there on the screen. It's paid for by love. You have a broken heart, you have a need, you be, you're lonely, you can call. A caring person will pray with you. But that number's also there as a lifeline. And you can go to lifetoday.org, very easy, which most of you do. Thank you for that. You have an opportunity today to go, call that number or go online, and you can give life by drilling a well. Here's our goal, Betty, and I'm excited about it because our viewers are. We're going to drill 500 more water wells this year in more than a dozen countries. Our missionaries find the areas where there's a tremendous need and where they're in place to help. They also have done enough research to know that water is accessible. Sometimes it's extremely deep and very expensive. Most of the time it's shallow enough that people can uh, dig a borehole, but it gets contaminated and filthy. And then it's as bad as all the other water. We go down and give them a cased well, a manual pump, and it changes everything. They just get clean water. Jesus said, you give a cup of water in my name, you won't lose your reward. Now, don't start looking for money or an income or a money tree in the backyard. It's blessing enough to bless. What greater blessing can you have? But God says he will enable us to bless others because he does bless us with his love and his life and the ability to help. So what we're asking you to do right now is simply go to lifetoday.org or dial the number, take your bank card, and help us drill those wells, 500 of them, one at a time. $4,800 a piece, that's what they cost. That's the average. Could you drill a part of one, 2,400 or 1,200, and pray others join you? Most of the wells, Betty, are drilled by people who give $48.
Can you do that? It, it averages out to basically give 10 people water the rest of their life. It's just a gift that keeps giving. 144, 30 people. Ask God what he wants you to do, please. And then just do it gladly and joyfully. I think you'll want to. Go online or dial the number. Please do it. If you make a check, make it to life, but call us and tell us what you're sending. Thank you so much for doing it. We have some special gifts to send you to help you grow in your spiritual life because we care about you. Thank you for sharing. Every day, millions of children are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink filthy, polluted water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most exciting and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, we can establish and drill 500 water wells for remote villages in over 12 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10 people. $72 will impact 15 people. And $144 will help provide fresh, clean, disease-free water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, you'll receive the Everyday A New Day devotional. Broken out into the four seasons of the year, this daily devotional features scriptures, inspirational thoughts, a Bible reading plan, and a place for you to journal each day. With your gift of $100 or more, you may request the Names of Jesus pen set, one inscribed with the names of Jesus found in scripture, and the other reflecting the gifts of the Spirit. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well and request this beautifully framed canvas print of The Forest Chapel by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your secure gift online today. You know, I'm standing here with these children and they're just a small example of children all over the world that they deserve to be considered and loved and cared for. And we have an opportunity to do that right now among these children and those around the world, to give them some clean water, to give them a chance in life. And I ask you to help us do that. It's just a simple request, but a very urgent and important one. Please join with us. You'll get such great joy out of it. I know you will. God bless you and thank you. You know, we will be sending you the Every Day, A New Day devotional, which takes you into the scripture and then gives you some inspirational thoughts, but also a way to journal where you can just write what God is saying to you as you read his word. If you'd like to have Gretchen Carlson's book, Getting Real, don't you think it's time we all get real? Don't you wish our political candidates would get real? Don't you wish just everybody would get real? Well, how about let's start with who we can start and get it real. That's our own life. If you want the book, you just help us give a cup of water and you say, hey, would you send that to me? We'll send it to you to bless your life. Thank you so much for your help. Would you join us thanking Gretchen for coming? <laughs> Gretchen, we really do appreciate you. Very, very much. Thank all of you. Thank you for not only watching life today, but sharing life. God bless you. Thank you.
Introducing Stream.org, a rich and lively source for breaking news, analysis, and entertainment. Stream.org is a new information stream where those concerned about our nation's course can now gather for news, wisdom, and inspiration. Working together, we will see the promise declared in Psalm 46.4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Be sure to visit stream.org, a news site to unite us. Next week. Better for worse, richer for poor, till death do you part. The good news, somebody dies, all right? So. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.